0: iron. Um, we did Psalm 91, and Eunice uh, took this photograph of um, of Swan actually spreading her wings over her babies as an example of when we dwell close to the Lord, He wraps us in His wings. So Doug, it's in my Bible. So Doug put it up there for me to re- realize that He's with us and He's always protecting us. He's so good. He's a loving Father. So let's pray so I can calm my nerves, and we'll get started to see what God has to say for us today. And Lord, we do come before your throne to praise you, and thank you, Lord, for all that you do in and through our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful, even when we're faithless. Thank you, Lord, that no matter what, Lord God, as we dwell in you, Lord God, you will draw closer to us, Father God. I pray for my sisters, Lord, that you would just touch their hearts and prepare it, Lord, that you would empty me out, Lord, and fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit, that no word comes out of my mouth that's from me, Lord, but all from your heart, Lord. Lord, we love you. We praise you and we thank you. And it is in Jesus' sweet, precious name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so, uh, April, Doug bought me an uh, Adrian Rogers Bible, and so I finished my Bible um, that I was reading uh and then I started this one and there was a devotion that I got to in April and this message has been running in my heart for a long time. So it's just really cool how the Lord brought everything around and, and we'll see what he has to say. So it's what's preventing you from entering into the promised land. I know as women, I know I'm a very emotional person and sometimes my emotions get the best of me. And prevent me from doing, trying, tries to prevent me. But God is greater. Greater is he that's in us than he is of the world, right? So let's talk about first, what is the promised land? And this is a devotion from Adrian Rogers. It says, God has promise, has a promise for your life, a bright and blessed reality. But what is it? What does the promised land really represent? First of all, Canaan means liberty from oppression. The Jews had been slaves in Egypt, and in Canaan, they would be free. So are you still in bondage? God told the saints that we should no longer be slaves of sin, Romans 6.6. Are you talking your faith better than you're living it? Canaan also represents rest from wandering. These people had been going around and around in the burning, glaring desert sand. They had no really real rest. Jesus said, I will give you rest, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Have you entered the rest? Canaan is possession rather than promise. The people had heard sermons about Canaan, lectures without end. Do you ever tire of just coming to church and listening to the sermons and that's all you do? Canaan means you can honestly say, I have entered the land. I am living in victory. Doctrine has turned into experience. Canaan means variety rather than monotony. Out in the desert, no one ever had to ask, Mama, what's for supper? Every little child knew he was gonna, what would he, he was going to have for lunch, for dinner, for breakfast? It was manna. In Canaan there were grapes and figs, pomegranates, milk and honey, a wonderful variety. Are you sick of a desert diet? Are you excited about Jesus? Is he real to you or is your faith the just same old, same old? Lastly, Canaan represents accomplishment rather than poverty. The people had been in the wilderness for 40 years. They had faced battles, but they had conquered no more land than when they first started out. After 40 years of aimlessness, they were still without any possession. Friend, sisters, God has a promise for you. Have you possessed your possessions? That's what the Promised Land is. So before we get into the Promised Land, let's take a look at where Israel was. We're gonna be in Numbers 13 and 14. But first, before before they go to spy out the land, let's look at some of the things that Israel had to go through. First of all, they were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. They worked hard, they built bricks, they weren't living free. They were slaves in bondage. But when it was time, God sent Moses to lead the people out of Egypt. In order to do that, they saw ten plagues come through. They weren't touched. Their livestock didn't die. They didn't get boils. They didn't get eaten up by all those locusts. The frogs didn't enter into their homes, but they watched it happen to Egypt. They were already seeing how mighty God's hands were, right? So now God let them out. Pharaoh finally let them go, and out they go. They're all excited. They're coming down, and they end up at the Red Sea. And now Pharaoh changes his mind, and here comes his armies. But what did God do? He set up a, a wall of fire. They couldn't come and get the, the Israelites. And that night, could you imagine camping by the Red Sea, not wondering what's going to happen to you with the roaring fire, the army on the other side, And now God starts breathing on the Red Sea and the waves part. It's night. You can't see. Could you imagine listening to those waves part and God's mighty hand pulling it out? I mean, I just think about it, and I'm in awe. Israel saw that. They walked through the the Red Sea, and then once the army came, God closed the Red Sea. They were not harmed. God led them by a cloud by day and fire by night. So they never got lost in the desert. I sometimes can get lost going around the block. But God led them. God fed them manna. And when they complained, he gave them quail. God took care of all their needs. Israel felt and saw God move so mightily in their lives. We might not have seen a Red Sea part, ladies, but I'm sure, I know God's done miracles and showed up in a mighty way in our lives. I know Ruby's been healed from cancer. All of us have gone through things. I mean, we just have a miracle with Suzanne's brother-in-law. He got a heart. You know, praise the Lord. God's timing's not late. So we see God's miracles. We can look back... One month we did Psalm 103. We can look back at the benefits God has given to us. And that just gets us to go forward and move in the things that God has done. Well, so now it's time. They chose one person from each tribe to go scout out the promised land. So let's look at uh, Numbers 13. I'm going to read 17 through 21. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not. But be of good courage and bring some fruit of the fruit of the land. Now the time of the season that they went in was of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near the entrance of Hamath. So these 12 people were able to go into the promised land and start scouting it out to see what it was like for Israel to enter in. They were not disappointed they went in and the land was filled with milk and honeys. They ran in and they found grapes so large that they had to put two poles between their shoulders to carry, could you imagine a bunch of grapes that large that they had to carry them on a pole? Figs, pomegranates. Now these people have been eating manna for a long time, so to try the variety must have been absolutely wonderful. They were super duper excited all the wonderful things God had in the promised land. However, there were giants there too. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, the Bible says. The cities are fortified and very large. So they saw the descendants of Anak there. And they, 10 out of the 12 got nervous. And they came back and they reported after being gone 40 days, All the wonderful things they saw. All the good, they brought the fruit in and everyone was in awe. But the 10 of the 12, they're like, nevertheless, there's giants. How are we going to defeat these giants? Verse 30 says, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. So they just seen and experienced God deliver them from so many things, provide for them, rescue them, keep them safe. I would be like, let's go! But no, those ten were like, but there's giants that are going to stop us. Here's where discouragement and fear come in, ladies. Sometimes our emotions become giants in our lives, don't they? Sometimes I'm frozen with discouragement, fear. Someone might have said something to me uh, and it stopped me in my tracks and um, I won't do it. I won't go forth in it. Um, It paralyzes me. Our emotions can be giants in our lives. But God, God asks, why settle for anything less than God's best for your life? We should never settle. God came. This is the season where we celebrate the birth of our Savior. He came so we could have life and life more abundantly. And we should live that life abundantly. Yes, we are not of this world. We're to go to heaven because we're all saved by grace. But God also wants us to be blessed here as well. Sometimes I think the giants of our emotions stop us from going through. Well, let's take a look at what Happens next to Israel. They're now afraid. The ten spies discouraged them. They're fearful. And verse starting in verse 32 says, And they gave the children of Israel a bad report, the spies did, of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we gone espies spies as a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were in their sight. So let's look at verse 4. So all the congregation lifted up their voices against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should be victims, would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's select a leader and return to Egypt. Are you kidding me? Seriously, what is wrong with these people? I mean, they experienced God firsthand but now they're paralyzed with discouragement and fear. They don't know what's going to happen to us. Sometimes we are more afraid of what the future holds or what our life would look like if we just are obedient to what God has called of us, that we will go back into bondage, into Egypt. No way, ma'am. No way. We have a God that's greater. We have a God that wants to deliver us. We have a God that... It wants to encourage us and not allow fear, discouragement, guilt, depression, anger, worry, jealousy, being ungrateful. Those are some huge, giant emotions, aren't they? And they can just stop us in our tracks. We need to encourage one another. We need to, like David, I, he was, they were going to stone him. Because they lost all their families and their friends. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. And we can do the same. We can tame the giants of our emotions, sisters. And we can, even though we might be fearful, even though we might be discouraged, we can take one step in front of another. We can defeat the giants of our emotions by the word of God. So Joshua tried to come, let's pick up in verse 6, and he's, but Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb, the son of, I can't pronounce all these names, who were among those who spied out the land, tore their clothes, they were discouraged, what do you mean you want to go back to Egypt? And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, the land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the meeting before the children of Israel. They were getting ready to stone Joshua and Caleb because they were encouraging them, saying, but God. I love that verse in the Bible, but God. No matter what, when God shows up, anything's possible. The word says nothing's impossible with God. We can't do anything unless God's with us. See, we, we have to do an action, right? We just can't sit there and say, okay, <laughs> Lord, take this from me. Well, what are you going to do? I love that. I just re- recently read that story where David was disobedient and he decided to uh, do a count on how many soldiers and God didn't want him to. So God came to him and said, look at, pick one of three things. You know, either you have to run For a certain amount of time, and or you can uh, have a plague for this many three years or three days. You can fall in my hands, and David's like, I'd rather fall in the hands of the Lord. So, what did that God sent the angel, and a lot of people started dying until they got to one. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry, but they got to that threshing floor, and God said enough, and the angel of death stopped. And God told David, now I want you to build, a tab- build me a tabernacle and worship me. He wanted him to build him a stone. And so David went to the guy and said, I-, I would like to buy this little piece of the land. And the guy's like, uh-uh, it's for free. Whatever you need, I'll give you everything for the sacrifice. I'll give you everything you need for free. And David's like, oh no, I am not going to sacrifice to the Lord something that didn't cost me first. Well, isn't that true for our lives too? Has to cost us something. It means so much more when we do that work. You know, in Philippians 2, 12 through 13, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in both you to do both in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We're to work out our salvation. We're not just supposed to sit there. Okay, I'm saved. I don't have to come to church. I don't have to read my Bible. I'm not going to worship. Just let it all come into me. No. We need to. Psalm 119 says that we're to hide God's word in our hearts so we do not sin against him. There's actions that have to be required of us. I wrote down some of them. To feel safe, we need to what Psalm 91.1 tells us, he, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, we need to dwell in God. We need to, whenever something happens, we need to dwell in him, remind ourselves how good he is. I teach, I teach Sunday school, and I'm so excited that I do with the kids Bible Trivia. And uh, I give him prizes, but I always tell him it's so important to hide God's word in his heart because when something comes against us, we can quote it back. But God said he'll never leave us or forsake us. God says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made if someone's picking on us. We can recite those promises to the Lord. You want your ways to succeed? Psalm 37:5 says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. We need to commit it. We need to say, okay, Lord, is this what you want me to do? And then trust him, because in Revelations it says that God opens doors that no man can close, and God closes doors that no man could open. We don't want something in our lives that God doesn't want for us, right? We want his best. We don't want to settle for anything less than God's best, So if we commit our way, Lord, is this the way I'm supposed to go? Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he's like, oh, no, no. Don, you need to come on back because you're heading down a very dangerous part. And then I say, oh, no, but I got it, Lord. And then guess what happens? Oh, everything falls apart. Everything goes wrong. I'm miserable. I'm unhappy. And I'm like, Lord's like, you didn't trust me. You have to trust me, Don. You want to have peace? Isaiah 26.3 says, God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him and he trusts in God. See, we have to keep our mind focused on Jesus. We need to keep our thoughts on him because that way we will have peace. He will keep us in that place if we're trusting him that he allows Things to enter in our lives. I mean, last month when we did Psalm 91, it was amazing. You know, God allows. Nothing can come in our life that isn't filtered through him first. And sometimes things are hard. But guess what? God's going to use them to bring glory and honor to his name. Sometimes the things that enter into our lives isn't for us. It's for someone else. It's amazing how God will work everything out. what is it? In Corinthians it says God comforts us so we can go out and comfort others with the comfort that he has given to us. I don't know about you, but I, my thoughts up here is where the danger starts, right? We start thinking, I can make a mo- mountain out of a mohill in like 10 seconds flat. Doug is always amazed how I can take an idea and then within 10 seconds, he's like, where did you come up with that? It's like, whoa this craziness up in my head. Did it. Right? Ladies, we can just, someone didn't say hi to us the way, I mean, the way I they usually do. Oh my gosh, did I do so? I mean, seriously. Who knows? They could have been having a bad day. Someone didn't call me uh, sister. They called me Dawn. Oh, it's my name. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm just sharing the ugly that goes on in my mind. I'm sorry, sisters, but you know, seriously, we make mountains out of molehills. I mean, I overthink things on a regular basis, but to shut down negative thoughts, 2 Corinthians ten five, so that we need to cast down the arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We need to take our thoughts captive. We need to examine everything against the word of God. We need to take our emotions and tame them, sisters, with the word of God. So I'm gonna read another devotion from um, Adrian Rogers on the same thing. It's called Possessing Your Possessions. Do you have all the patience you need? All the wisdom you need? All the love? You may think, I don't. I don't have enough patience or enough wisdom, or enough love. But I want to tell you this, you do have them all. If you are saved, you have them already. You may say, now wait a minute. If I do have them, how come I don't have them? Well, it's because you haven't yet possessed your possessions. You're wasting your life if you haven't yet possessed all your possessions. God hasn't given you victory. Wait, I'm sorry. God has given you victory. God has given you peace. God has given you wisdom. God has given you patience. Not he will give, but he has already given. God has pro- had promised the children of Israel a land full of corn and wine, oil, figs, pomegranates, milk, and honey. They called it Canaan. It was the promised land. In order for them to take the land, Moses sent 12 spies into the land when they were on the far side of the Jordan. The 12 came back and said, yes, God did not exaggerate. It is a wonderful land. And then the spies added a caveat. They said, nevertheless, there's a very important word. The spies said, Moses, it's just like as God said, it's wonderful, But nevertheless, they reported that the land was full of people walled within strong fortresses and occupied by giants, more than nine feet tall. But Caleb stepped forward and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Caleb knew that God had already given the children of Israel the land, They just needed to possess their possessions. God had given them liberty from oppression, rest from wandering, possession rather than promises, variety instead of monotony, accomplishment rather than poverty. So Caleb surveyed all of the bounties of the land. He sized up all the difficulties of the conquests, and then he declared, that God was bigger than any problems they would face. The land was already there. theirs. God had said so. Now, Caleb had the qualities you need to choose today in order to possess your possessions. He saw the giants, from God's perspective, as the tiny men they were. He realized God had a purpose, that battling the giants would strengthen and mature the faith of God's people. And he saw the land according to God's promise. God himself had sworn victory. Sister, God had already given you patience and wisdom and love. They're your possessions. You're right in the Lord Jesus Christ. God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness, 2 Peter 1.3 says. Do you want to experience the best that God has for you? then get wholeheartedly about the Christian life. You need to possess your possessions. So let me ask you, sisters, have you possessed your possessions? you taken hold of them? Are you walking in victory? I love that Pastor Dan on Sunday used Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, God's already given us everything we need. All we have to do, my sisters, is walk in them. I think one of the issues is our emotions. I know I'm an emotional person, and it can stop me in my tracks, and I need to tame those emotions. We'll never get rid of our emotions. We're women. That's how God created us. We're nurturers. We're loving our emotions and that we're emotional beings is what makes us women. But we can tame them with God's word and walk forth in those promises. It's just really cool because I said, like I said, God gave me this message back in April. And then in July, um, when Kathy and Jackie came to me and asked me to take over the women's ministry, I was so blessed and I prayed about it and I said yes, but then a sister, Kathy O'Dell, from another church, she goes, Don, there's this book that they're doing at Cal- Finger Lakes called Taming the Giants. And I'm, she goes, well, you could do that with the ladies. And I, I thought about it and I prayed about it. And I, I really just wanted to dig into the word because one of my favorite things to do is just talk with the sisters. What's God doing in your life? Or how's God spoken to you? So we haven't done this. But taming the giants, the giants in the promised land, well, let's tame our giants. So Jesus, Kathy and Joyce, can you come on up and pass these out? Jesus decided to give you all a gift And taming the giants. I'm reading it. I'm in guilt right now. Discouragement, I had to stay in for a couple of months um, because I can get discouraged really easily. But it's been really a blessing. Go ahead and pass them out to the ladies. This is a gift from Jesus because I certainly could not have coordinated this at all. So we know it's from the Lord. But it's full of scripture and ideas about how to defeat some of the emotional giants in our lives. And so the Lord really just wanted to make sure that you each got a copy and that you were blessed by it. So... I I hope you read it. Like I said, I'm finishing up guilt, and guilt's a big one for me. Doug's really hoping it'll take effect because I think everything's my fault, and I say I'm sorry about a million times to everything that happens. So, um, yeah. So it's a problem, and I want every every woman in our fellowship to have one of these. So, um, if you see somebody, did you tonight? Who didn't get some? Raise your hands. Yes. Really? Oh, praise the Lord. Yes, she did. It's an amazing book. I've been going through it. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, God put, I have 80 copies, and I want every woman in our church to have it because I want us to walk free. I want us to walk in the victory that God has given us. And I know for me, taming my emotions is hard. And like I said, I've already given you a little glimpse in the crazy that happens in this girl's mind. But it's definitely a gift from Jesus because like I said, I could not have thought of this. And just that I've gotten my hands on that many copies of it, I'm blessed to hear that. Um, And I've been reading it and um, it's really helping me. And I love that it's just nothing, but we can, we can only defeat the enemy through the word of God. That's how Jesus did, right? In the desert, it is written, it is written, it is written. So I guess I've come to the end of my notes, and I just want you ladies to know that whatever you're going through in your life, you know, it's for a purpose. God's going to grow you and strengthen you. He's going to use it to bring glory and honor to his name. Just don't be discouraged. Try to just keep walking forward. Walk in that victory and that newness of life that Jesus has already given to you because, I mean, this is the perfect month to lay it all down at the cross. Yes, Ruby? Be positive. Be positive. Be positive. Amen, Ruby. Be positive. Be positive not Absolutely. So I'm going to close in prayer, and then I have one last song. Doug is going to turn the lights off in the sanctuary for this one, so don't be alarmed but so let me pray and Lord we do come before your throne to give you all the praise the glory and the honor Lord thank you Lord that we've already have won Lord you have overcome everything we praise and thank you for sending your son this month as we celebrate his birth Lord to die on the cross for our sins I pray Lord for each lady here Lord God if they're struggling with something father god i just pray lord that you would touch their hearts lord that they would find a nugget in your word to stand on a promise father god that lord they would you would show them how to tame those giants of our emotions lord that prevent us from walking in the ways that you've chosen for us lord god that we wouldn't be discouraged or fearful father god that our lives wouldn't be dominated by guilt or discouragement father god fear or jealousy lord In gratitude also, Lord God, may you just touch each and every woman here, Father God, and may you be the one who's glorified and lifted up. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And I just pray, Lord, that for all my sisters here, Lord, that you would touch them. And it is in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.